So we have been in the third chapter of Proverbs, and um, if you don't, if you had a chance last week, hopefully you read the whole chapter. We'll be there for four or five weeks. If you didn't, uh, it's going to be uh, do that this week. It'll help you keep up, help you be prepared. But the path of wisdom is the title of the series, and it's actually the title of tonight's message. Because as I begin to think about this, uh, a new series, I got over and I was just going to preach one message, and it was going to be trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You, some of you know the scripture, but as Anytime I'm going to preach out of a passage, I go back and read the chapter before and the chapter after and and the passages before and the passages after. And so as I did that and and got into Proverbs 3, you can't read every little bit of Proverbs 3 is so full of wisdom. And as I read it and applied it to my life and my past life and my today life and hopefully my future life, I, I began to see how, man, this could have saved me from making some serious mistakes and wow, how this can guide me every day of my life and wow, how this can set me up for a productive future in the kingdom of God. The principle of the path, and and we talked about principles last week. Principles are something that are going on around us that govern things. Last week, we used gravity as as an illustration. This week, I would say time is a principle. It doesn't matter what you think about time. It doesn't matter how you use your time. Time goes on. And so as we think about principle and the principle of the path, your direction is going to determine your destination. Do you hear that? Your direction is going to determine your destination. And so the principle of the path, in other words, the principle of the path, the path that I choose to be on is going to take me in a certain direction. And that direction is going to eventually lead me to a certain destination. And so how important it is for us to be acutely aware in our own lives how we're making decisions, uh, how, who, who we're getting wisdom from. And so that this whole idea of the principle of the path and, and this path of wisdom and, and how Proverbs 3 is just so full of wisdom. So you ha- if you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs. Proverbs, and we've, we did 1 through 4 last week, and we'll go ahead and read it again, and then we'll, get, we'll read all the way through verse 8. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. My son, do not forget my law, but, keep, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not your mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you for your word, Lord. We know it's a change agent. It's living. It's active. God, I pray that we would open our hearts tonight and your word would fall on good soil, God, and that you would minister to each individual. Help us to change the community that you've placed us in by changing us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Talk about passages for a second. Uh, Raina and I got married uh, 21 years ago, March 18th. And, you know, I know all the kids who get married now, they, they, they have parties for everything. Have you noticed this? And, and when are you going to get married? Well, I don't know because I don't have this party planned or I don't have this party planned. And, and then the honeymoon. My goodness gracious. Have you heard some of the honeymoons these kids are going on these days? Have, am I the only one? I mean, when, when Raina and I got married, we got in the car and drove straight towards water. 
No, my mom was in the medical industry and she had a doctor friend that had a condo and the, the, the condo, the place was called the Eden. And the Eden, well, it was a nice, really nice place. And so, it, but it was in Perdido Key, Florida, which is on the west, west coast. It's pretty much when you come from Memphis, it's called the Redneck Riviera. You just hit, you hit, you get, when you see sand, you just stop. That, that's where you stop. And so anyway, so, so I was so excited. My mom said that the guy said you can use the condo. And, and so, you know, being the age I was and being a man, I did a lot of preparation, right? And so, but it was a surprise for Raina. Remember, I'm talking about the path. And so we, we had a great night, our wedding night. And we woke up the next morning and I said, you want to know where we're going? She said, yeah, tell me where we're going. I said, we're going to Eden, Florida. And so I opened a map. I opened a map up and I found, because I, I hadn't even looked at a map yet. I had not even, I, I was just so caught up in wedding planning. <laughs> anyway, so I said, so this is where it's at. And, and she was so excited. And so we get in the car and we take off. And we're driving and she's reading a book to me. And we're laughing. And now we're married. And we're like, this is awesome. And, and so I'm driving and driving and driving. I'm thinking, man, I really didn't think it was going to take this long. And we drive and drive and drive and drive. And I'm not kidding you. We wound up. There's a city named Eden, Florida. We wound up at the end of a dirt road. Now, no GPSs. You got to remember this, right? We're following a map. I know that surprises some of you. A paper map. (laughs) There wasn't even MapQuest yet. No, the paper. Stop it to get unfolded. Paper map. And so we stop. And there's the sign. It says... If you proceed any further, you will be shot. <laughs> and I thought, what, you know, what kind of resort is this? <laughs> so I had his telephone number for this place we're staying. And I called this lady and she said, oh, honey, you went four hours past us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> so, so, but we're just married, Right. We'd known each other forever. We were just married. So, and so I was like, honey, I'm so sorry. I don't worry about it. So we turned around, drive three and a half hours back, call the security person that's there. Because by now it's like 11 o'clock. We finally get in. Really nice place. And then, so here's what we ate. Our first night we were married, we ate frozen pizza from a gas station. Now, why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because sometimes in life, we can think, we can think, we can really think that we're headed toward the right destination. But if we don't, if we don't really know and check in on the details, even we, can, we can be following a path that we think is right. And, and we wind up way off. But we're still married. <laughs> and it worked out. And that frozen pizza was awesome. And I made up for it the next following nights. Yes, for sure. So let's get into this. Number one. The wisdom in where I place my trust. Proverbs 3, the first part of uh, verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's interesting, in this verse, there's, there's two words that over the past, I guess, two months that we've delved into and, and kind of defined a little bit. One of those being trust. And, and as we define trust, we talked about how trust has different levels. 
You know, you, you may trust someone to, to house it for you to take care of your pets. You may take a step up from that and trust someone with your money. Or you may take a step up from that and trust a doctor with your body. Or you may take a step up from that and get on an airplane and trust a pilot with your life. You know, there's different levels of trust. And so we kind of define that. And then we, we've defined heart over the past couple of months as being the essence of who we are. So when you read the word heart in your Bible, you're, you're, the Bible is that when it says your heart, it's talking about who you are. It's who makes Jason, Jason. It's, it's all of me. And when God says he wants all of your heart, what he's saying is, is I, I want all of you. So when we read scriptures like, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. In other words, trust in the Lord with everything you are. Trust in the Lord with everything you have. Trust in the Lord. And so this idea of trust, how many of you have ever seen a trust fall? Ever been to one of those weird leadership building things? Have you ever done that? Will y'all help me? Come on, dude. Come on, let's do it. Come on, Eric, will you help? Come on, man. Come on. You got, no, 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 no. I'm going to fall. Yeah, come on, catch me. Catch me, catch me. Come on. So these are three. Steve just said, this is our chance. Uh, you're falling. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So these four guys right here, you hold your hands out like this and you catch me, please. Sorry. And so, so the, the idea, here's the idea. You know the idea here, right? And so, so usually it's, it's, it's coworkers that you work with that you can't stand. And so, you know, the leader of the group's trying to get everybody together. And obviously, it's none of you guys that I can't stand, but I'm going to trust you. And so the idea is, is you shut your eyes and you fall. <laughs> All right? You do it again? Okay. All right. So, so there's a level of trust that I entrusted to Anthony and Pastor Steve and Joe and, and Eric that, that would have probably kept me out of the emergency room. Had, had, I, had, had they misused my trust, but, but how much more so should we trust in the Lord? How much more so should, with everything that I am, God asked me every day of my life to trust in him. You, you look at Psalms 20 verse seven, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. In other words, some people are always gonna trust in things of this world, but you're better to trust in the name of God. Where you put your trust is pretty much where you put your faith is. Where you put your trust is, is kind of trust is like concrete for your life. Trust is like where you, where you're building on. If I'm, if I'm going to build on a good merit, trust, trust has to be in there. There's a, there's a, Jesus is telling all these stories. He's kind of preaching this next, this next passage. It's Matthew chapter seven. And he's, he's telling some parables and doing some teaching. He gets to verse 24 and he says these words. He says, therefore, Remember, therefore is a bridge. Therefore is, is tying together what was just said to what is about to be said. Therefore, whoever hear the, hears these sayings of mine, Jesus is talking, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Stop right there. So it was founded on a rock. It was built on a rock. It was built on a solid foundation. And so the idea was when the storms of life came, the rock did not let, the, the foundation did not let the structure down. Does that make sense? He goes on to say in verse 26, 
But everyone who hears these sayings of mine but does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. It's pretty interesting right there. It didn't just fall, and great was its fall. And last time I was out in LA, it was after where they had had a, a series of the mudslides. And it was, it was amazing to see these, these million dollar homes, that multi-million dollar homes that had just slid off of mountains because the foundation of the house was undermined by the, the torrents of rain that had come and, and, had, and the mud had came up under the homes and, and the fall was great. And so this idea of, of building, building my house on the rock and this idea of putting my trust in the Lord. And so when I put my trust in the Lord, my life is the foundation of my life is in God. Because all of me, I've trusted, entrusted God with all of me. And so let's keep going. Number two, the wisdom of knowing I don't know. <laughs> That's going to sell a lot of books too. <laughs> The wisdom of knowing, I don't know. And, and I think it's Western culture or American culture, or I know it's pride, but, but somewhere along the way, we are taught or we learn or we convince ourselves that if we figure on it long enough, we can figure it out. That we're, we are taught never to admit we don't know. Never, 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 never. I don't know. And let me just release you in here right now. It's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. And so, so the second part of verse 5, Proverbs 3, and lean not on your own understanding. And so we have this idea of trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. And then, but don't lean on your own understanding. Don't, don't lean on the understanding. What is the understanding? The understanding is the concept of wisdom that I've gained from the culture that I've been raised in that is counterculture to the ways of God. Did you catch that? That's my understanding. My understanding comes through things I read. My understanding comes through, through, through things that I've heard. My understanding comes through uh, sometimes life experience. But my Bible is saying, listen, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't, don't be like that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, because his ways are higher than our ways. He's working it out. He's going to connect the dots one day. We may not understand it all one day. I am convinced if you are committed to follow Jesus Christ, one day he'll use your mountaintop experiences, but he's going to use your valley experiences to encourage people way more than he's going to use your success story. I mean, there's a time to share that and there's a time, but I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer that I'll be 44 years old tomorrow. And I know for some of you that's young, I'm get, I feel, yeah, how, how, whatever you think about 44, I know this, I know this, that, that I'm still stupid. I still don't know, but there's wisdom in knowing that I don't know. You, you see what I'm saying? There's wisdom in saying, look, 
I don't know. And when I don't know, I've got to understand his ways are higher than my way. And, and, we, and we have this habit of saying, I, I've seen this, I've got this. Or we go into certain patterns or we jump into certain thought patterns and, and we automatically lean on our own understanding instead of just stopping for a second and say, hey, wait a minute, God, what do you think about this? Your ways are higher than I, there's a great illustration of this over in the book of, of Luke. And let me set the story up for you. The disciples had been fishing all night. And, and it, as the day broke, because they, you fished at night, that's what you did. And so they came in to pick Jesus up from shore because many times he would begin to teach and the crowds would push him towards water. Now, a lot of times you'll see him teaching around water or from a boat. That's because it created somewhat of a coliseum. The, the sound effect, because there weren't sound systems then, the sound effect of, of a, a cathedral-like sound effect would, would echo off the water into the crowds. And so many times you would see him get in the boat and push off from the shore. And so the disciples are tired. They've been fishing all night, yet they've been called. So they come from their job and then they get with Jesus and now it's time to be his disciples. They've been fishermen all night. Now it's time to go to their ministry. And so, so they get in the boat they push off from the boat and Jesus begins to teach so he's teaching from the boat teaches for a while and now verse four when he had stopped speaking he said to Simon Simon Peter launch out into the deep and let your nets let your nets down let your nets down for a catch but Simon answered and said to him master and I I, I just I assume that sarcastically (laughs) I so assume that sarcastically master we have told all night and caught nothing. In other words, what Simon is saying right here is, all right, wait a second. You're, you're like the Messiah. All right, I get it. Teaching is your deal. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you're the Messiah. But I'm a fisherman. <laughs> I got this. We've been fishing all night. And and if you knew anything about fishing, master, you would know that you don't fish during the day. You fish at night. And so you get this, you get this, Peter's like, you get him kind of leaning on his own understanding. And there's this dialect going back and forth of, I, look, I've been up all night. You got in my boat. We pushed off. I took care of you and ministered to you while you ministered to other people. He said, it's time to go to sleep because I have to fish again tonight because that's what I do. I'm a fisherman. So quit telling me how to fish. Now, if we stop the story right there, we, we, we miss out on a miracle. I would think a miracle. And, and Peter misses out on a great lesson. And so, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. In other words, don't make me do this. We're going to look like idiots. Oh, but here's a great word with God when he asks you to do something that you think you already know. Nevertheless, like a little kid. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. Now, this is no small feat, right? To let the net down wasn't like to grab a rod and just drop a line and say, I told you we weren't going to catch anything. There's a lot of people involved in this. 
And so there are a lot of people upset with Jesus right now on that boat, mostly his disciples, because they've pulled the nets in for the night. They've washed the nets. They've tied the nets up. They've probably repaired the nets. And so the nets are put away and the nets are not going to get touched until tonight because you fish at night. But the captain of the boat, the captain of the boat says, nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. We'll stop right there. The story goes on to say they caught so many fish that they had to start calling other boats to come help them with the harvest of fish that they had caught. Nevertheless, is a word we use when we're not leaning on our own understanding. When, when my nature and my will says go left, and God says go right, and, I, and everything in me is saying go left, go left, go left, but... God is going via his Holy Spirit and his word. Jason, no, you need to go right. Okay, nevertheless, God, even though I know, I think I know, I think I know, I know, I know, I think I know. I pretty much know that I know, but since you're saying I go, should go right, then I'm gonna say I know, I think I know. Nevertheless, I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. I'm gonna go your way. And there was a great harvest. Oh, that we talked about peace and prosperity last week. Uh, oh, the harvest that can come upon someone's life when they learn to say nevertheless. I'll be the first one to tell you, I haven't got this one down. I mean, I'm 50-50 on this one. I so try to say nevertheless more and more. But, but here again, there's the Bible. There's the plumb line. There's the, there's, the, there's the standard. There's the amazing journey. There's the awesome awesomeness of the word of God. It's, it's most of the time unobtainable every day of our life, but it sure is something great to shoot for. So, so lean not on your own understanding. Then you get over, well, go to number three. The wisdom of acknowledging him, meaning God, in everyday life. I want to spend, I want to spend quite a bit of time right here. I want to spend quite a bit of time because this, this is something that God is working out in my life continually. And over the past year and a half, two years, continues to work out in certain areas of my life. And, and, and if, I would have, if I would have gotten this concept when I was a teenager, oh, the trouble that I would have saved myself. Oh, the trouble I would have saved my parents. Oh, the trouble I would have saved my teachers. Oh, the trouble I would have saved the law enforcement of my city. Watch this. Proverbs 3, first part of verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Not in your quiet time. Not at church. Not when you feel good. Not when it's easy to do the right thing. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Begin your day with acknowledging him. Live your day acknowledging him and end your day acknowledging him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. How does this break down? Well, first of all, we've got to stop fooling ourselves as much to think that God doesn't know anyway. 
Listen, if you're struggling with something in your life, if you can, if you can win nine times this next week and you lose once, nine, nine out of ten is not bad. And here's how you win in that area of your life. You acknowledge Jesus in that moment. And so, so I'm acknowledging. And so the first pretense we have to get rid of, if we're talking about the path of wisdom, is the fact that he knows anyway. So Jeremiah says this, Jeremiah 23, 24, can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? And then Proverbs 15, 3 says this, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and good. So you get this idea and there's scriptures all through and David says, where can I go to get away from the presence of God? Go to the heights of heaven, you're there. Go to the depths of the earth, you're there. And then you read over in Job and Job talks about how God is everywhere and, and all through the Bible. And so, so but, but we, we are so important sometimes and so prideful and, and just so right that we, we actually in a moment, we, instead of trying to make a decision that would honor God and, it, and the way that we do that is we acknowledge him in that moment we lean on our own understanding make our own decision and then once we do that we're headed down a path that leads us to a place where we eventually say God how did I get here well you didn't acknowledge me in the moment acknowledge in other words have an acute awareness of God's presence in your life all day every day of your life in your business in your marriage in your family have an awareness of God in your he's there anyway if you're a Christ follower, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He, he, he is with you. He is walking with you. And if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have opportunity to do that tonight. But even if you're not a Christian, God is still watching for you. He loves you. He's, he's beckoning you. But for those of us who are on this journey trying to live out this path of wisdom, this principle of the path, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And so, in other words, when, let's just use, I was, I was on a board of an organization one time, and it was a Christian organization, and, and the leader of this organization, every time we had a meeting, every time we had a meeting, the first time we did this, I thought we were waiting on someone. But every time we had a meeting, he would bring in an empty chair right before the meeting started. And he would set the empty chair at the other end of this huge conference room table. And then him being the leader would sit at the other end. And some of these guys have been on this board for a while. And, and so I didn't ask anybody. I just, so by the fourth time we met, I'm thinking, this guy's a loser. Like, we're, we're, he never shows up. Like, what, what's the deal? Because there's obviously a chair brought in. And so finally, I had to ask. And they said, oh, you don't know? That chair's for Jesus. So every time we meet together, we acknowledge his presence. So every time we, we start to get angry about people because we're in the people business, we remember Jesus is sitting there. And so, so this idea of acknowledging, so I'm going to acknowledge him in every, every area of my life. And so you, you look at the Old Testament, you read the Old Testament through New Testament lens. How do we do that? We do that because when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal savior, we receive the Holy Spirit. Look at this, look at this next verse, John 14, 16 through 17. And I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him 
nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. And so, or be in you. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another, the Holy Spirit, the helper. We have the gift of a helper, the, a leader, a counselor, someone who comes alongside of the paraclete is the word for that. It's someone who, and it's the Holy Spirit. And if we will allow the Holy Spirit to help us in decisions that we make in our everyday life, we will save ourselves a lot of trouble. How many of you that, let's just say are over, don't raise your hand, say, that you're, say you're over the age of 40, can look back at your 20s and 30s and say, if I would have prayed about that decision, dot, 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 dot. If, if I would have just acknowledged what God's word said, if I would have prayed about that decision, boy, that would have saved me a lot of trouble. I know I can, I can say that immensely. And so, so this idea, and I really, really want you to get this before we, we separate and go our different ways. And I really want you to get this. If you're struggling something with something in your life, or if, if you have, um, if you're struggling with anger, bitterness, addiction, if you have a, a, a tendency, if you're struggling with pornography, the next time you open that computer, acknowledge the fact that Jesus is sitting beside you. Seriously, the next time married people in this room, the next time your eyes start wondering on someone and keep wondering and you have wondering eyes and you know you shouldn't be looking, you remember Jesus is in the car with you and he's going, hey, Jason, what are you looking at? Hey, that's, that's a child of God. Hey, she belongs to somebody. And hey, by the way, you got one at home. I mean, let's just break it down to reality, right? The, nec- the next time that you're, you're in that place of, oh, oh, do I, am I going to feed my pride and lean on my own understanding? Or am I going to acknowledge him in my situation? Am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct me? That, my friend, is the adventure of Christianity. That, my friend, is the game. I don't want to call it a game, but it is the contest. Let's call it a contest. It's the contest between flesh and spirit. It's the contest of, of who. And remember, what I feed the longest becomes the strongest. And so I am way more apt. I am way more apt to, to lean on God and to acknowledge him if I've been in the word and if I've been getting rest and I'm, I'm, I'm prayed up and I'm, I'm, I'm in, in tune with, with God. And, and I'm, so, so the, here's the idea. Acknowledge him in every area of your life. Acknowledge him in your workplace. Acknowledge him in, in, in every decision that you make. The principle of the path. You say, you know what? I want to end up on a path where me and my spouse are financially set, where we can enjoy the last 20 years of our life together and we can retire and we can do. And you, you are spending money faster than you can make it right now, hand over fist. And not only are you spending money, you're, you're borrowing money to spend money that you don't have. And you're going, I want to be financially set. I want to be blessed. But your path is leading to, dude, you're not going to have anything. And what you do have, you're not going to own. So you just don't, so, so you, you just don't, so acknowledge him in your finances. And so, so 
acknowledging, trust in the Lord with everything, all your heart, and lean not on your own, on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. And then, and then the last thing, and he shall direct your paths. The path of wisdom. If you're uh, serving communion, you can be dismissed right now. Would you do it quick? So, so the path of wisdom, which was, this was originally just going to be one, uh, I told you at the beginning of this message, was going to be one, just one sermon. And as I read the chapter of Proverbs 2 and I read the entire chapter of Proverbs 3, I was like, man, I forgot all this stuff. And what a great chapter of wisdom. And I don't know about you, but I need more wisdom in my life. And the more wisdom I have in my life, the more wisdom I can impart to other people. The more wisdom I can impart to my kids. The more wisdom I can impart to my friends. The more godly counsel I can give. So, so you look at the path of wisdom and he shall direct your paths. Keep going. We'll, we'll read. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Last week, we talked about peace and prosperity that came from not forgetting his commands and writing them on the tablet of your heart. This week, we're talking about acknowledging him in every way, leaning not on your own understanding. We're talking about trusting him. And, and, and what does it lead to? It leads to direction. It leads to the direction because your, your direction determines your destination. Your direction determines your destination. The path that you set out on, and here's the great thing about God, it's never too late to jump paths. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to say, God, forgive me, and I'm going to start today. I'm going to start acknowledging you today. I'm going to start trusting in you today. I'm going to stop leaning on my own understanding. And, and it's amazing when you do that and you heed the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you start making more good decisions than bad decisions. Will all your decisions be perfect? Absolutely not. But more will be better than not. So, so. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart, depart from evil. So we got peace and prosperity last week. It will bring health to your flesh and strength to your bones. You think about, and, and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 37, I believe it is. 23 and 24. The Lord makes, the fir- the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble. I want you to hear this. If you had not heard anything else tonight. Though he may stumble. He will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. Are we going to stumble? Yes. But he will not fall. It goes back to the house. It goes back to the house that was built on the rock. It goes back to the house that you could build on the rock, or are you going to build on sand? You're going to trust in the Lord, you're going to trust in your own understanding. Because even when we trust in the Lord, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. You remember it said, and great was the fall, the house that was built on the sand. He will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And then you you get over into Isaiah. Isaiah says, 30, 21. And remember, I'm talking about directing paths. Your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Now that's in the Old Testament. That's God talking to Isaiah because there were some really huge decisions that needed to be made. And, and there will be a still small voice. And that brings us all the way back around to where we ended last week, back to the Holy Spirit. John 16, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you, the path of wisdom. He will guide you into all truth 
For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. And whatever the Holy Spirit, so who knows the mind of a man except for the spirit of the man? Who knows the mind of God except for the spirit of God? And so God gives us his spirit so that we can understand his mind. God gives us his spirit so that as we acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. If you, if right now, let's say right now, you're in the middle of trying to make a huge decision for your family or a huge decision for yourself or maybe it's a job change or maybe it's a whatever it is and 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 maybe even tomorrow or monday you were you were ready to make that decision and right now god you're you're convicted you're like you know what i hadn't prayed about that i did all the research i've crunched all the numbers and i've seen this before but i have i, I haven't prayed about that i, I would challenge you to begin to pray about things like that in your life. And not only the most important things, pray about the small things in your life. The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you. So this idea of, of trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, with everything that you have, falling into his arms, not leaning on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledging him, and then he will direct your path. And as he directs your path, your life becomes more fruitful. As the Holy Spirit directs your path, there's a path, there's one path that we all are faced with and that's the path that leads to the cross. That's the path to salvation. Now, most of this sermon has been for believers and those of us who are trying to navigate this crazy thing called life, but maybe you're here tonight and you've never found your way to the foot of the cross. You've never found your way to Jesus. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. We're gonna give you a chance to do that. So this very moment, would you bow your heads? We're gonna pray all over this place. Say, Jason, that's me. I need to know Jesus Christ. I need to accept Jesus Christ into my heart. I I need to be saved. Salvation is a faith issue. And it's just all about you putting your faith and trust in the Lord and saying, you know what? I believe, I confess in my heart and with my mouth that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe he's the true son of God. We're about to have communion and we have an open communion here. We just go by biblical standards. And one of those is you need to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You say, Jason, that's me. I, I, I'm ready to take that step of faith. I'm, I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus. I'm ready for a change. Friend, can I tell you that Jesus Christ is the X factor to change? He will change your life. There's so many of us in this room. If we could put our arms around you right now and say, hey, hey, he changed my life. He changed my life. He changed my life. Well, that change starts with you surrendering your life to him. Say, Jason, that's me. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Would you just slip your hand up long, long enough for me to see it? Put it right back down. I see your hand. Anyone else? I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If you raise your hand, I want to pray with you. And after service tonight, come up to this table, get a Bible and a devotion and tell someone that you just accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We'll get you some material and we'll get you some things that can help you on this journey. But most importantly, pray this prayer with me right now. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. And thank you that right now I'm in this chair and that I feel your love and I feel your love, God, just just overwhelming me. 
And so right now, I surrender my life and I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. I believe that Jesus Christ was placed in the grave. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from that grave on the third day and I believe he's coming back for me one day. So right now, I am believing in my heart and I'm confessing with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for new life. Thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy that are flooding my soul right now. In Jesus' name, amen.